Lord, it is a it is a Fourth of July Independence Day spectacular. It's coming. It's coming. It's right around the corner. One of my favorite holidays. One of my favorite holidays. We got a we got a great show for you today, you guys. Value added. You, you've got me, Michael Loftus. You've got uh, the Liberty Gypsy, the the Queen of the Gimlets, and we also have a, a great guest for you today. You want to hang out. You want to you want to listen to our interview with Antonio F. Bronco, A. F. Bronco. You've seen his stuff. You've seen his political cartoons. He's fantastic. We're going to talk to him about the political cartoon biz. We're going to learn. We're going to laugh. We're going to love. But first, I love doing that. But first, we've got uh, we got to get into the world of politics. Gypsy, it was a it was a it was a crazy week again. It was a crazy week again. I feel like Sean Hannity. It's a big big news night. I just think it's going to get crazier from here. I think we are in for complete batshit crazy from now till November. I here's the here's the wonderful thing. I called it on Fox uh, a couple Sundays ago. Yeah, I'm like it's a race. It's a race on the left to see who can be the most offensive, who can do the, the most, who can say the most bombastic thing. It is a it is a liberal circle jerk right now with you've got Seth Rogen uh, getting stroked by his buddies and he's like I didn't take a picture with uh, Paul Ryan Uh, I didn't do that and then you got Maxine Waters and she's furiously you know with her fist flying I told him to to attack people in gas stations and oh it's just it's just (laughs) a giant the sky is falling the sky is falling they're surrounded by Nazis it's uh, it's it's death camps. It's the worst of times. They, they it's they are in full meltdown. And I agree with you. It's just gonna get worse. And now with the Supreme Court. Oh my now, God! Now with that going, how much how much pressure is Ruth Bader Ginsburg feeling? That I poor lady. She's, she's just holding on. She's just she's just holding she's just, on. No, they they have a plan within the Democratic Party, some kind of weekend at Bernie's thing to get her through Trump. Don't you die on me. Don't you die. <laughs> They're like, I think it was the New York Times or the, the Washington Post the other day was like literally putting out uh, pictures of her doing her exercises. Like, oh see how healthy? God. See, she's healthy. Look at that. She does. She's planking. Look at her. She's doing. <laughs> she's like, But she falls lady. asleep at State of the Union's. Oh, that poor lady. I, I, I really you've got you've got what is it? It's Kennedy. He's retiring because he's eighty one. God uh, bless Bader, him. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's eighty five. Yeah, but I don't I heard back before the election that she was saving her retirement so that Hillary could appoint her replacement. Now that hasn't happened and she's kinda stuck. She's I I I literally feel bad for her. Because you, there's, there's no way. I mean, my mother uh, is. She, she, there's a time. I don't want to get too personal. You're going to get in so trouble I'm, I'm with self, mom now. I, exactly, exactly. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm self-editing. But I, I know my my mom, who's insanely active mm-hmm. and does a boatload of stuff. I think if if someone were to go up to my to my mother. Uh, who's who's in her 80s and like, hey, feel like being on the Supreme Court? She'd be like, are you high? 
Are you crazy? I want to look. I want to work in my garden, and I want to uh, look at the, the the groundhogs and the birds. That's Spend time with do. my grandkids and yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and then who else? Who else is getting ready to retire? Um, was it Breyer? Uh, there's another guy who's There's one that's uh, 80 and there's one and she's 85. I think it's Stephen Breyer that's 80. Yeah. They're yeah. saying if if Trump wins again in 2020 th- that all told he could get 5. All told he could get 5. So I, I want to thank I, I want to thank everybody and I said this in in the vlog this week on on the YouTube channel where like for all those people who were like I don't like Donald Trump. However, I'm going to vote for him because I don't want Hillary to get a Supreme Court pick. Right? At at that point in time, it was like, hmm, it's one Supreme Court. You know what? I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to vote for Donald Trump in the hopes that he gets one. You guys, that's that's paying off like craps table odds in (laughs) Vegas. You thought you were going to get one. Boom. You might get five. It's wonderful. I go with four. Do, Five I, seems like a lot. So do my. I'm happy with young. Gorsuch. I'm happy. No, I'm happy with one. I'm just it's like everybody I'm, would like criticize Trump early on in his presidency, and they're like, "Yeah, he sucks." But Gorsuch, but Gorsuch, he couldn't get rid of Obamacare. But Gorsuch, am I right? Well, you know what? Suck my wiener, people. Yeah, Gorsuch, and another, and another, and another. It'll be great. It'll be just, great. I was thrilled that Kennedy did the right things in this last term. The other thing, and this is this is too wonky probably to really go into much, but the Janus decision, I I could have done cartwheels in my living room. What now which which one is the Janus decision? Is that the that, union one? That's the public union uh decision where you have non members that are working in these agencies who choose not to join the union, but the union was still collecting what they call agency fees from them. So yeah. fees for negotiations and things like this. But if you look at those public unions, they are bar none, the largest donors, some of the largest donors to the democratic party. So was that, they were, was that, was that decision of five, four? Yes. I, I don't see how it was even that close. Neither do I. That's, that's the other thing with this. Uh, and, and once again, I said this in, in the, the vlog as well. I don't want people on the Supreme Court making new laws or interpreting, oh, here's what someone was feeling when they wrote this law. Here's what someone really meant. Like, no, what does the flipping piece of paper say and how does that jive with the Constitution? Here, here, That's here's it. the thing. You don't get to compel speech in this country. You, you don't get to limit my speech if you're the government, but you also don't get to compel my speech. It was crazy to me. I know. When, 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 when you break it down into, into, the most, uh, into the simplest of terms, uh, you know, it's like, hey, listen, I know you're, I know you're not in the union, but we're going to take this money from you every week to do something that the union wants to do. Trust us. It's in your best interest. That's mafia. That's the mafia. Yeah. Well, coming around going, hey, are just... you got a nice candy shop here. It'd be too bad if something happened to us. So uh, give us a little bit of money. We're going to make things right with the cops. That's what it is. It's freaking good, fellas. Yeah, well, this is probably the only thing I've ever agreed with FDR on, but public unions are an abomination. <laughs> I mean, all it is is something inside the government 
or inside an agency that requires funding from the government, like schools, that encourages the bureaucracy to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, the unions are a big part of that. They're the barrier to school choice and teaching. They're the barrier to a lot of improvements in government process. I mean, it's just, they're an abomination. It, and for the for our dear gentle listeners, uh, you you look at the who makes up the the government, like the 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 people who wake up in the morning and they go to work for the federal government. Uh, for the most part, I think it's like ninety percent of them are, are are Democrats. Well, yeah, and they're also reliant on the government staying the same size or getting larger for their livelihood. Exactly. So who are so they going to vote are, for? <laughs> exactly. Who are they going to vote for? Which way do you think they're going to lean? Yeah. And that is that's the, the the wonderful thing that I think needs to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. And it's just you can't you know if you've got a hundred and twenty ducks in a little pond, uh, the the ducks are all going to go. We need a bigger pond. We want a bigger pond. Mm-hmm. Now you're the farmer, and you're like, no, I need I need to grow corn here or whatever. The ducks are always going to vote for a bigger pond. One of the best underreported stories, like last week, I think it was. You're about to say the same thing. We're about to say the same thing. Go ahead. The Trump administration wanting to combine the Department of Labor and Department of Education? Yes! Yes! That's exactly it. Mick Mulvaney. Mick Mulvaney. I love me some Mick. And it's flying under the radar. Yeah. And literally, I was thinking of it in the, in the same moment you were about to bring it up. And I'm like, no one is talking about this. It's but fantastic. they are going to dramatically make government smaller. And I feel bad. Like, I don't want to – you don't want to talk about it. Like, you see your buddy who's doing something really cool, but he can only get away with it if no one's looking. <laughs> like, if we, if we highlight it, people are all going to start looking. But, yeah, it's great. Okay. And I, I love the way that – guy, that guy is good at explaining stuff. You know, he's like, if you've got a pizza uh, that follows that falls under, you know, the the USDA. Now, if you put pepperoni on that pizza, then it becomes a, a food and drug thing. And if you put green peppers on it, it becomes this, that, and the other. It's just, it was a great example. It shows how bloated our bureaucracy is. Mm-hmm. It's we're still we're still running on a on a World War II size government, mm-hmm. and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And then when you try to make it smaller. They go, oh, that's a cut. You can't cut Social Security. You can't cut that. You're cutting. You're cutting. No, I'm just stopping the rate of growth, you morons. Well, no, it, and everybody, those two agencies don't belong together. Well, yeah, they do because education has two purposes. One is to create knowledgeable citizens who can participate in this process we have in this country. And the other one is to get them prepared to be able to feed themselves. <laughs> So if you take the Department of Labor, who does a ton of research on the workforce and what kind of skills employers need, who can then tell the Department of Education, right, those types of people, we need to be training people on this and maybe we need to bone up these programs and let's forget about underwater lesbian basket weaving at the university level. I mean, I think you could get something amazing. I am all in favor. I am all in favor. I remember I was writing a monologue uh, like a year, maybe two years ago, and I was really doing some research into the Department of Energy, and that one's insane. Mm-hmm. That one's insane. Well, and uh, Rick the, Perry's just been sitting there cutting it and cutting it and cutting it, and nobody's talking about that either. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so that's that's like the good news. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the good news. Now we we still have the immigration thing. They had another march uh, yesterday. They're Everybody's still showing today. up. They're marching today yeah. because and and before all is said and done, I was joking around with a buddy of mine uh, the other day. Like before all is said and done, uh, not only is is Trump himself, uh, you know, rounding up children, but I think I think because we're Nazis now, everybody's a Nazi. They 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 Half just the country. They've declared it on on MSNBC. If you support this president, it's not on him; it's on you. You're a Nazi. Uh, by by the time November comes, we're going to be uh, cannibals. Well, we're going to be Nazi cannibals <laughs> who survive off the flesh and and the pure souls of children. I just had the funniest thing flash through my head. MSNBC is trying to Catholic guilt the entire country. <laughs> They are. It's like, it's not on him. It's on you. And they, they love, they love trotting out the bishops, oh. you know, that they love trotting out the, the clergy and, and I, and Catholics will fall for it. Catholics, Catholics lined up in droves to vote for Obama, which I could not, I couldn't reconcile. I could, I just don't see, but it's like, well, Jesus would have helped those people. Jesus would have given the shirt off. Jesus would have. I'm like, well, you know what? Jesus also wouldn't have stabbed a pregnant woman and taken the the unborn baby out of her. Like, how can you? Like, I can understand. You can still here, t- Democrats, liberals. If if any of you are listening, you can still help the poor. You can still behave in a godly fashion. You can still feed people and give aid and comfort uh, to the sick and the dying. But like if, if, if you're voting for Democrats, you're pretty much voting for let's start killing babies. Let's continue that mass murder. And, and not only that, the government doesn't do anything efficiently. Nothing they have decided to jump in and try to fix other than getting to the moon. I'll give them that one. Um, is any better now? Then during the Great Society, they haven't fixed poverty. They haven't fixed anything. If you want to see how people are actually fixing their communities and helping the poor, go on Facebook. There's a guy named Mike Rowe, and he has a show called Returning the Favor. And it's all about people in their communities doing great things to help people in need and not taking anything from the government. Yeah. And, and just to get back to your NASA thing, because I always give that one up too. Like the government fails at everything. The only thing they've ever kind of done well, uh, it, they they got us to the moon. And I was thinking about that. And the only reason that happened Nobody was because was of computers. <laughs> computers were so insanely expensive. Right. Only the government could could spend that kind of money. And now. Uh, whatever we got, we got Elon Musk and all this. Here's what I think is going on. I want to talk uh, bigger picture stuff, and and this is something. This is food for thought to, for everyone because I love it when I think I figured stuff out. And I, it's not really that deep, so I don't want to build it up that big. The 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 playbook for the liberals, like they really wanted Ted Cruz to run because they knew how to beat that guy. Because traditionally. Uh, you get you get like a, literally like a choir boy like a, a Mitt Romney and you go hey you hate women and he's like uh no I don't and da 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 and then he gets all tongue tied and I have binders full of women and then and then he just starts digging himself a hole you call Ronald Reagan 
uh, a, a racist and oh he he hates gay people he hates black people usually that's all you have to do is just you, you wait until someone gets popular uh, on the conservative side if you're a liberal and then you call them uh, a racist a nazi uh, you, you know a misogynist you just there's a, a few catchphrases and then it works and then the person is done and trump don't play that and yeah. it's it's wonderful to watch and now they're trying everything. Oh, he's a Nazi. And he just continues on. And he never apologizes. He just continues on. And so now they're like, well, the entire Republican Party is just, is just Nazis. And, and now people are realizing, holy crap, you can just continue on. And now everybody who votes Republican, half the country is a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And we just have to continue on. And they... It, they've got to be. There has to be a great weeping and gnashing of teeth at the at the DNC because they've literally there's there's nowhere else for them to go. What, that's why I made the joke about we're, by by November we'll all be cannibals. You know yeah. that's 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 the only thing left. That's all that's left. We are we started as uh, as deplorables uh, and now literally uh, Donnie Deutsch. And and uh, Joe Scarborough and oh my God Joe Scarborough here's the thing I, I'm I'm sorry I'm uh, a bit of a tirade I saw Scarborough the other day I'm in New York okay so I'm I'm on East Coast time uh, I'm I'm watching my morning Joe uh, Joe Scarborough was talking how about how great the economy was under Barack Obama and he goes he goes Donald Trump inherited a booming economy. For for eight years, seven years, seven years, our economy was exploding, and I what? just wanted to smack. I just wanted to smack him. Like you realize, an explosion is a fast thing. Like uh, an explosion isn't seven. And you're like, this is the first president who couldn't crack a three on, on the on the GDP for the first the first guy to just actually just just like totally crap the bed. Our economy was horrible. And for Joe Scarborough, like he always gets on Trump. Trump's a liar. Trump's he's lying about well, this. Really, our economy was booming for girlfriend. seven years. Yeah, nobody else felt that. Joe, glad it went well for you. The fastest growing economy under Obama was the greater D.C. area. It was one of the one of the only places wages were going up. Oh my God! Oh my God! Just real quick on Joe Scarborough, <laughs> he tried to hold Mika's hand the other morning. He, on he air. Barely, on the air. Ew. He reached a. They're, they're on the air. They're getting ready to, to, to wrap it up. And he reaches over and it wasn't creepy at all. It wasn't creepy at all. Like they're going to get, they're going to get married. They're a couple. Everyone knows they're knocking boots. He like reaches over to grab her hand, you, you know, to, to make a point. And, uh, and I, I'm not kidding you. She pulls her hand away. She pulls her hand away, and now he's got a cover. He's got to be like, hey, what's up with that? And she's like, no, not on the air. Like, she's, she's like Madeline Kahn in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Taffeta, darling. Oh, I just did my makeup. Don't touch me. Oh, it was wonderful. It was so wonderful. It was just the perfect metaphor for their little relationship. Joe wants to get a little something, and Mika's grossed out. Oh, we're not doing that. I don't think we'll be doing that today. But it's getting worse, you guys. It's getting worse. We're all no, but we're it, all Nazis. It, 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 it's not getting worse because in that rhetoric, it's getting so much better. Because if you look at polling 
independents are pulling away from Democrats and coming much closer to Republicans. The share of anything on immigration, on whatever, independents are going upward. So if if Republicans are 75% agree, independents are like 68 and Dems are like 52, you know? So this is not a bad thing, and I hope they stay ridiculous, because all they had to do was come up with one or two good policy ideas and not be crazy, and they couldn't do it. it looks like they're going to run left. It looks like they're going to go farther left. This this young woman, I think she's in Queens. I apologize. I don't know her name. She's a straight up. from the Bronx. uh, Yeah, Yeah. a a straight up uh, socialist. Oh yeah, and and not only and that, she won in a huge landslide. You, you listen to she's a twenty eight year old bartender, and people are asking her serious policy questions. And she's and she can oh, just well, go well if we all shared more. Yeah, well, the, the government, government should do that. Say, oh, we're going to guarantee jobs. We're going to guarantee housing. We're going. I mean, have you looked at her platform? No, I haven't. Oh my god, it makes Bernie Sanders look conservative. It is. It's wonderful as long as it doesn't stick. That's the thing we're going to have to be on the lookout for to see if it sticks. I think that there's a lot of young, uh, wonderfully naive voters in this country who are literally, they're thinking, we should give it a shot. We should give socialism a shot. So we just got to be really, really uh, loud and very vocal about the dangers, the dangers of socialism. It never works out. It never works out. And the only thing you can count on is giant piles of dead bodies. That's it. That's it. A lot of people will die. Guaranteed. Well, so, it was actually interesting because, um, you know who Ian Hersey Ali is? No, I do not. Um, the, the anti-Islam activist who escaped Somalia. She's a victim of FGM, etc. Yeah. Um, she got a couple years ago, she got invited to get an honorary degree from Brandeis University. I think it was Brandeis. And there was such an outcry that they, they took it away from her because the Islamic students union and, you know, the left basically started screeching. Her husband is actually a professor he's been a professor at Oxford. He's been a professor at Harvard. Um, his name is Niall Ferguson. And he's a history professor. And basically what he said is in the institutes of higher learning, right, the history is not being taught because when a Cold War professor retires, they're replaced with a social science history major like gender studies history. Yeah. So all of that history about the Soviet Union and the terrors of communism, it's it's almost absent at Harvard. It's it's absent everywhere. It's yeah. absent everywhere, and and we're 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 just the team to do it. Let's uh, let's make socialism relevant again. Let's I will I will make fun of that stuff till the cows come home. Everybody says, oh Hitler's a bad guy. Hitler killed a lot of people. Hitler was a very 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 bad guy. You know who else was bad? Uh, Stalin, and he killed more than Hitler, and and that was communism, baby. And then you got Chairman Mao. Uh, there's always a big, big pile of dead bodies. There's, there's mass starvations. There, let's round them up and kill them. There is a, and yeah, no one's talking about it. But we will shed light on this. The, co- the comedic light, the comedic light of capitalism. 
let's yeah we will keep slow we have got to uh switch gears we got we got uh tony bronco we got a f bronco political cartoonist this guy's fantastic he's a rock and roller he had a band uh we're gonna find out if he's still playing with tony and the tigers he does it all here's uh let's 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 talk with tony antonio uh branco joining us today tony uh one of the premier this is great this is this is a, a political cartoonist uh, this is a funny guy who who looks at things from a different perspective. We're so used to seeing the left uh, trashing on the right. I'm looking at your your work. If I may call you Tony, is that cool? Absolutely. All right. I I love how you're you're coming from a a, a different perspective. Now uh, I'm sure this is going to be boring uh, for you because this is probably the first question you always get <laughs> when uh, you do interviews. It's like, how did you get started in this? <laughs> I, it's not boring. I, I, I work in an office all by myself for hours, so uh, any any human contact is good contact. Um, how did I get started? Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, I started drawing in school, um, in, in, in grammar school and through high school when I should have been doing other things. Dang and it. Uh, it just took it from there. Um, uh, I, I've always drawn. I've always been into to drawing, painting, that type of thing. Um, uh, I always dabbled in some cartooning, um, probably seriously, uh, was looking at it seriously when Obama took office and I saw what was going on there with, with, uh, some of his, his ideas and the things that he was pushing through were yeah, kind of yeah. scary as far as I was concerned. I don't think that America was set up with, for that type of thing, um, it was bound to hit some conflicts in the Supreme Court, which it has. Um, all the uh, all the the uh, executive orders he was putting down. It was just you know, and I just didn't agree with much of it. So my way of venting on that was to draw cartoons. Now yeah. here's here's what I want to know: when when you have to uh, draw a cartoon of someone, because you always you know you, you go to like. Uh, a, a, a street fair or festival, you always have those like cartoonist people who like the world. We're going to draw you with a giant head riding a skateboard. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Now, I do, I do impressions uh, in my. Now, I, I can't, I can't do Trump. I, I can't do him. So I do uh, Chris Walken because I just think if you dial Trump up a little bit more, you get Chris Walken. We're going to make <laughs> America great again. Now, what was? What was your key to like drawing Obama? What's your key to when you have to define somebody in a cartoon? Like I know a lot of people went like just giant ears because mm -hmm. Obama does have those big old ears. Yeah. So so what did you key in on? Well, I did key on his ears. I knew it bothered him. I, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so Obviously, if he ever happened to see one of my cartoons, the first thing he would see is his, is his ears and um, and a few other uh, attributes that he has. And I think every cartoonist tries to key on the, the attributes that people notice about a person uh, instantly. And and then you try to expand on that a little bit. Because your Obama's always had really long faces, too. Yeah. Like he had big ears and a long face. Right. <laughs> Now, yeah. so, now here's, here's, here's the conflict. Now, well, I, I guess the, it's the challenge, I guess, for you as the artist. So you've got to – now you're drawing uh, a, a ton of Trump pictures. And I have to think the first thing that sticks out 
to me, it's it's the hair. You, you got to go big right. sweeping hair, blah, blah, blah. However, you don't – do you find yourself like, oh, man, I could, ma- I could make this a little bit more cartoony on Trump – but mm-hmm. you're trying to you're trying to make fun of the other side. So you, do you do you have to like find that find the balance there? And is that tough? No, it's not. It's not tough. I, I try to I try to do the cartoon that fits the situation, and it, it's all about trying to put a point across. Um, yeah, and that that's it. Um, um, nothing nothing complicated about that. Uh, People complain I don't make him large enough or fat enough or yeah. <laughs> ugly enough or cute enough or, you know, I'm getting that quite a bit and I really don't, you know, it's, I do them the way I do them. And, and if you've noticed in certain cartoons, I, I do them a little bit differently depending on what the cartoon is. Yeah. I, you know what? I did notice that. I did notice that. Now, how, how about, how, how about this? Who's, who's your favorite? favorite person to draw right now who's the person that you wish was in the news more because they just got a funny looking face and you have a good time drawing them. <laughs> you know i i look at i look at it like a challenge when when somebody new pops up um i try, I try to look at it like it like okay I've, I've never drawn this person before or um how can i expand on it um i used to enjoy drawing obama because he was he came across so arrogant a lot of times so i tried to draw him with his nose up and the long face was a part of that um yeah try to uh, uh capture that arrogant look uh that he sometimes had um but they're all fun to draw uh and i really uh, right off the top of my head i can't see a favorite i tell you I, I, was you would- pretty good too <laughs> there again there's another example of of drawing her differently in different situations um i could uh, draw her looking really evil or witchy or uh goofy um one of my favorite cartoons that i did about her and you don't even see her face and and that's the one where bill clinton she's coming down and, and caught bill clinton on the phone and he says, would you believe it's Jake from State Farm? <laughs> that's one of my favorites. And she's, you know, just because it captures Bill in his essence. <laughs> yeah. Now, here, here's, the, I, I'm always, I, I'm fascinated with this because uh, I'll, I'll go on stage and I'll do jokes. Uh, and I can, I can cast a pretty wide net. I mean, just like, okay, if, if, if that joke didn't work, I got one you know, right behind it, or maybe I can make a funny face and save it or do a silly voice. You know, I, I feel like I have a lot of, if one aspect of my act fails, <laughs> I, have, I have some tricks to try to save stuff. Like, do you have a, it, it's got to be tough to, to define things in one moment. It's, I'm, I'm really in awe and I really respect it because you've got to have, first of all, an, an interesting and funny visual and yet something concise and hilarious to say uh, with the dialogue. I mean, it is, how do you, how do you distill it down to like the, the one moment? Like here is the moment and like choosing not to even put, uh, you know, Hillary in, in, in the cartoon where you've got, you know, Bill answering the phone. Like, I, I just yeah. don't know. Do you go through like sketch after sketch after sketch uh, and then so, go, Oh, know, finally. 
Oh, sometimes I have. In that particular cartoon, all you see is the back of her head and the back of her. You don't yeah. see her face. She's in the cartoon, but she's standing there with her hands on her hips and, and Bill's on the phone saying, uh, would you believe it's Jake from State Farm? Um, so she is in the cartoon. Um, yeah, I do take, I do take uh, you know, uh, sometimes I'll draw sketch after sketch and I try to whittle it down. Some of the best advice I ever received was from Michael Ramirez and uh, went early on. This is quite a few years ago. And I just asked for a couple of tips and he said, well, and he'd, he'd seen a few of my cartoons. Yeah. So he, he, he said this, he says, make one point and make it and sharpen it. Um, a cartoon that has more than one point in it. Uh, usually everything gets lost. So you want to try yeah. and make one point. Um, and I just took that advice and, and tailored it to my own thing. And it was good advice. You know, I, I was, I was lucky enough to, uh, interview, uh, Mike Ramirez and that guy, he's so casual he, yeah. and like, and you, you're extremely casual. Is it like a, is like, like a cartoonist <laughs> code of ethics where you guys just don't get I mean, it's the up. drugs. It might be the drugs. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I saw that interview actually. I saw that oh. interview and I enjoyed it very much. You were very good, and uh, I, I enjoyed watching that. Well, it, it's it's a good time. I got nothing. I've 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 you know like like most people, I, I doodle, uh, and I and I'm j- kind of you know self taught and blah blah blah. I wish I was better. I'm I'm horrible, but I I really 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 respect uh, the craft of it all. And and here's the thing, and it's and it's because we're kind of like birds of a feather here. When you tell a great joke or you do a great uh, cartoon, it looks so easy, right? People just look at it and go, "Oh, that's great! I yeah. I wish I could do that." You're like, "Well, you know, it's not. You just don't fall off a log and start doing it." No, <laughs> no, that's for sure, for so sure. Was- and 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 like you like you said, uh, you know, comedians. They, they have material, they work their material, and the same with a, a cartoonist. You know, there's times where you, you think you have an ace cartoon that's going to, you know, uh, really get a point across, make people laugh, and it's, it's going to be great. It goes out there, and it doesn't necessarily flop, but it doesn't have the, <laughs> the results that you were expecting. That so, is- you know, you go back to the drawing board, literally. Right? That's great. Now, now, so this brings up my my next question. It's like you've got you've got the book out, "Make America Laugh Again." Right. That everybody needs to everybody needs to get this. Make America Laugh Again. Did you just did you just take everything and go here? It is uh, America. Uh, this is these are all my uh, political cartoons. Or do you go through? Did did, did some have to like sit on the uh, on the the pile of maybe for the next book? Like, yeah. how did you pick and choose? Well, uh, uh, of course, it's 80 pages. And I think we have a total of about 120 cartoons in it. Wow. And it's, it, we, we, uh, my last book came out in 2015. So it's a pick and choose the best, the, the you know, ones that are still timely. Uh, because uh, political cartoons don't have a very long shelf life. So you have to kind of pick, and uh, when you're doing a book, you, will they be able to relate to this now? Because this was like three years ago, or this was a year ago, and 
didn't really hit the the news real strong. So when you're 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 trying to find the funniest uh, the funniest cartoons that people are going to enjoy uh, in, sitting down and reading it, it's on it's a coffee table book. So if somebody picks it up, you you want to get some laughs and and have them enjoy the book and understand it and uh, uh, you just just have it all around. You want people to say, "Hey, look, this funny book. You got to order it." You know? <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. Now yeah. it's and this is this is the, my experience. I, I find that like the familiar themes keep coming uh, back around again. You know, in in politics, this whole you know, like Bernie Sanders and his oh, isn't socialism wonderful? And now you've got this uh, this girl in Queens who's like oh, isn't socialism wonderful? I'm a democratic socialist. Do you ever find yourself going, man? I've I've already got a cartoon for this. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. And, uh, and then what do you do? How do you how do you like how do you put the new spin on it? Well, yeah, you, you just take uh, take take that concept or or whatever it was. Two years ago, you were trying to get across because it is, it does re- news recycles. I mean, we're still talking about gun issues. We're still talking about SCOTUS. We're still talking about religious freedom and Second Amendment. So those things keep coming back around. And as you're as you're drawing cartoons, some of those topics might drop off, but you know they're coming back. So I kind of hang on to all my sketches and try to remember. Uh, when when something comes back again, oh good, I can use this. I've always wanted to use this particular drawing, and uh, yeah. so so yeah, it does. I'm sure that when it, as a comedian you do the same thing, you 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 probably pick and choose and and uh, bring about um, <clears throat> things that you thought of you know a year ago. It's, oh yeah, well, now I can use that. Well, here's my deal. I have like a ton of old notebooks. I'm literally, I'm, I'm staring at four of them right now. And I'll, I'll, I'll occasionally go back through and usually I'm like, wow, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but it, now, it keeps uh, the creative juices flowing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it'll, it'll spark something. Like right. uh, you've done some great Maxine uh, Waters ca- cartoons. <laughs> Now uh, they're just they're just fantastic, uh, and 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 I think that she's she's a barrel of laughs. She to me, uh, she's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. I mean, she's she's just it's completely ridiculous. I mean, Absolutely. completely ridiculous. And then you got I remember when Bill O'Reilly uh, said that she had oh who did he compare her her uh, wig to James James Brown. Brown James Brown yeah yeah and and like all hell broke loose. Do you have? <laughs> Do you ever get people complaints like, okay, you, you've gone past cartoony now and, and now you're on like uh, thin ice? Never happened to me. That's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no, damn it. Damn it. Here I am. So oh, optimistic. I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, won't, let my, I, ne- I won't let my wife read my hate mail anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Recently wow. in upstate New York, there was a cartoonist who did a picture of an MS-13 gang member holding a baby at the border and got all kinds of pushback for that. Um, do you think maybe because of where you publish, you're a little more insulated as opposed to somebody who's publishing for a typical newspaper? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, uh, I I did a thing down in Seattle um, 
about a year ago uh, with a friend of mine who's a cartoonist. He's a liberal cartoonist, Milt Prage, um, used to, uh, I believe, uh, do cartoons for the Chicago Sun in Spokane. And we got together and did a, uh, put together a Facebook page called Lefty, or say Righty Tidy Lefty Lucy. And then took it down to Seattle and did a, uh, a demonstration down there where we had a slideshow and all that. And one of the, and it was mostly all liberals in the audience. And uh, a lady asked me, says, aren't you worried that your cartoons are so controversial that you're, you know, somebody's going to take matters in their own hands and do something very violent to you? And she said it in a tone like, it could even be me that does the violence to you. It was like, it was wow. real. and I said, well, yeah, and that's exactly why I believe in the Second Amendment. And then she got this look on her face like, oh, my gosh. So, Nick, you kind of are in the lap of the liberal left where yep. you live. So, Yeah, yeah, it, it is uh, it's predominantly uh, Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, you know what I do is uh, is is nationwide. I don't really stick to anything local, so uh, it's mainly uh, all my contacts, all my people, all my friends, and and that that view my cartoons or, or nationwide. Now, do you find do you find it lonely? Like home for me uh, is, is Los Angeles, and so mm-hmm. I'm constantly. Uh, I'm I'm just like when I'm out and about, when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm at the post office, it's it's literally people just they are freaking out. They are they are completely freaking out. We are it's we're living in a in a modern Nazi Germany. It's a handmaiden's tale. It's the worst of times. And I find myself I, I like I was recently complaining on on uh, the the YouTube channel. I I got nowhere to celebrate. <laughs> I think it's going. <laughs> I think it's going great. How do you deal? Like when you're when you're doing these political uh, cartoons, obviously you're informed. You've got strong opinions, and like, did you just walk around just shaking your head all day? But like, or do you like like me? I, I I pretend like I can't believe it's going on either. People are like this is the worst. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's 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 crazy. <laughs> you you just you just encapsulated exactly my life, and and that's. That's exactly what <laughs> I do. I do a lot of floor pacing, uh, yeah. phone conversations. Uh, luckily, I have friend, some friends locally, and uh, uh, my brother who who comes over, and we can we vent a lot. You know, but uh, I hear you. I'm not. You know, there's a certain there's a lot of anonymity to drawing cartoons. People don't see your face. Every yeah. time you draw a cartoon, some people don't even put a face to your cartoon. It's just the cartoon. They don't even look at the name up in the corner. They just either like it or don't. And I know that because when I was younger, and I, and I would look at a political cartoon. I never paid attention to who drew the cartoon. You know, I just right. let it go. So there is some some of that where people just don't know who I am and uh, don't really care. Whereas I've- in your situation... Your face is out there when you tell a joke. Uh, you put your face on the line, your rear end on the line every time you do something. So, whereas I don't have that problem. Well, I, t- I did this thing. Uh, there's a uh, event in uh, in Los Angeles every year, Politicon, uh, uh-huh. and all the all the pundits get together, and it's all crazy and fun. And uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> I was on this panel, and I and and no one knew. 
I was, uh, you know, conservative. No one knew my play. So we're all just doing jokes, and everybody just finds it hilarious. Everything's going great. And then I go, yeah, it's really tough being a, uh, a right-leaning comedian. And, man, the shock in that room. Oh, my. <laughs> it was like, you know, the carnival, when you, you throw the ball at the little uh, clown, the stuffed animal, and the, and the clown just goes down. It was just like that. The audience, just faces, just boom, 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 boom. Just the, the disappointment and horror. Hey, uh, I want to ask you this. Well, well I, I still got you. Are you still doing the band? On, online, it says you're, you're part of a band, Tony and the Tigers. Oh, I retired from that about no! uh, four years ago. Well, I didn't totally retire from music. I just retired from that. Um, I, I'm so busy with what I got going. Um, I have a daughter who's three and a half now. And she took a lot of time. I didn't want to be, I was gone playing music almost every weekend, at least two to three weekends uh, a month. And, you know, although I enjoyed playing, um, I just didn't want to give her that lifestyle of her dad being gone every weekend. Yeah. And so I had, I just felt it was time. I'm 61 years old. I didn't want to be up there in a wheelchair, you know, you know, reliving my glory days. You know, so, well, I think it's, but, but you, you're a guitarist, yeah? Well, I'm a guitarist. I'm a bass player, singer. Um, wow. But you, uh, oh, so, so what's your guitar of choice? What's the one, when you're like, I'm going to, I'm just going to pick, I'm just going to pick up my guitar. What's your guitar of choice? Um, I, I have an Epiphone acoustic. Nice. I just have kicked around. Um, I have a Fender um, Telecaster, um, kind of a weird Telecaster from the 70s that I pick up every once in a while. And I have a, a Fender Precision bass. Um, those are my three my three guitars. You can't go wrong with the telly. You can't, no. You can't. No. Uh, they, I, don't think they've made a, I don't think they've made a bad Telecaster ever. Yeah. All yeah. right. Although, although it hasn't improved my playing any. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one I'm still looking for. I'm yeah. still looking for the guitar. Like, oh, wow. Well, when I pick this one up, I'm Eric Clapton. That's the, yeah. one I'm, that's the one I'm looking to buy. The name of the book is Make America Laugh Again. Uh, Tony, I can't thank you enough. Uh, keep the good times rolling, man. Uh, thank you. Keep drawing those weird, wonderful uh, cartoons. I love it. And awesome. It's uh, it's where it's at. Make America laugh again. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Tony Bronco. Have a great day and enjoy acting disappointed as you walk through your neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> have a good <laughs> Thank one. you. Thank you, guys. Do we want to just pick it back up and have uh, and have Rick fold it in, or do we want to start a new one and just give it no, to him just, in three hunks? He, he can find the dead space and drop Tony in the middle, so we can just keep going. All righty. Uh, resetting my watch, resetting my watch. I like that guy. I like that, uh, I like that Tony Bronco. I, I don't know, I, I think I messed up his last name. I might have said Branco. I'm, I've, I've, I'm in, I'm in Long Island. I'm on Long Island. <laughs> and so I see a Latino name. I'm guessing this guy, Antonio. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's, maybe he's, uh, Italian. I should have asked. That's, that's what a great interviewer I am. I took him a Branco, a Branco, Bronco. I I'm love just, that. I'm stuff. just insanely jealous of anyone who has that kind of artistic talent to be both a musician who plays multiple instruments and have such incredible drawing ability. Like I, I'm just, I got nothing. 
<laughs> I yeah. I wish. I think it's the same. I think it's just like the same part of the brain. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I think it's that that same creative. Hey, you you're good with spatial and drawing, and you can also do music. I wish. I wish I had more of it. I I tell you. I got some uh, a few years ago, like how to cartoon. I wanted to just do better, you know, mm-hmm. how to draw the human form, blah, 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 blah. And it did. It, it, it improved my abilities a little bit. I, I haven't really applied myself. But like those people who do sit at amusement parks and they sit at county fairs and mm-hmm. they, they do those like the kid on the skateboard, that's actually a talent. <laughs> I find it caricatures, right? Yes. Yes. I find it amazing that they can do it. They look at somebody and they go, Oh, it's the nose. Bing, bang, boom. Little nose, but draw them on a skateboard. It's, I know it's, it's fun to make fun of them. Uh, but, uh, I, I like what, I like what, uh, Antonio's doing. I like what Tony's doing. I like that, uh, Michael Ramirez. God mm-hmm. bless those guys. They yep. are doing it. Okay. So, uh, this is the, like the pop culture lifestyle segment of the show we got the fourth of july coming up we started ours yesterday so did the people on long island and and uh i guess it's because it was uh it was saturday night and people Mm -hmm. are like let's do it here's what i think i I thought it was uh, like mine in my neighborhood people just going let's let's we got all the stuff left over from last year let's just go ahead and burn these off and then on the fourth we'll we'll get into the new stuff but you went to a party. There was a huge display. Oh, huge! Um, it was actually, I think, I think two years ago, Georgia took off all the restrictions on fireworks for the general Woo-hoo! public. Um, but this particular individual's been doing it for twenty years and just never cared anyway. But yeah. literally, it was like going to a city, you know, fireworks display, except you were really close, and it was in there huge front yard and you're literally right under the fireworks i mean and they're going up and this this, these weren't sprinklers let's put it that way or sparklers um yeah biggest biggest home fireworks display i have ever seen i am gonna try to get some on on video uh, this year i'm gonna uh, get get some footage of it hopefully we can use it uh on the youtube channel at some point but it's it's insane and I, I need to figure out a way to, to capture it. This this whole neighborhood that, that where I live, Levittown, Long Island, it goes nuts. And I, I got to capture some of it and put it on. I love the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And this is going to sound very hokey and very AMDJ. But, like, just be safe, you guys. Just don't <laughs> don't lose a finger. Don't blow anything <laughs> off. Yeah, just yeah, light that sucker and stand back. Light that sucker and stand back. Okay. It's amazing we lived. We used to like shoot Roman candles at one another. Oh jeez. <laughs> the the things you look back and you're like, wow, wow, wow. I am very, very happy I got all my uh fingers and my eyeballs. Yep. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Incredibles 2. Let's talk okay. about Let's talk about this movie. I saw it. You saw it. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, I was disappointed. Not not insanely disappointed. It was okay. I saw it at a, mat- at a matinee. Like Same. when I saw the when I saw the first Incredibles, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm ready to get back in line. I'm ready to get back in line and see this again. It was so awesome. It was so wonderful. It was so good. It hit on every level. 
Uh, Incredibles 2, meh. Meh. It was alright. Um, I left with a smile. I mean, I thought a lot of it was cute. Um, I love the little baby and all his various powers. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, but yeah. it was very plot transparent to me from about three minutes after the person who ended up being the villain showed up. Like, you just I... knew that's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, there was there was no there was no big surprise. It was all very to me. And listen, uh, the guy who wrote and directed uh, the Incredibles and you know did Incredibles two, Brad Bird, uh, fantastic talent, insane talent. He did one of my favorite movies ever, The Iron Giant. He's been with these Pixar guys. Uh, since before when they were first working at Disney, he did, Mm -hmm. he, Brad Bird and John Lasseter, when they were really, really young men first working at Disney, they were assigned to work on this straight to DVD movie called the brave little toaster. Mm -hmm. And if you ever, it's, it's weird. You'll catch it on TV at weird times. The brave little toaster is an incredible, they took this little tiny, I think it was a children's book. They adapted it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And then they were promptly fired by Disney. Disney's like, thank you for that wonderful, wonderful piece of filmmaking that we didn't even know was there. And then they fired him. And then Lasseter went and did Pixar. And then uh, Brad Bird went off and did Iron Giant. And then they decided to combine forces because they're old buddies. And like, okay, we'll do The Incredibles. And I don't think Brad Bird, because he never wanted to do, uh, he never wanted to do a sequel to Iron Giant mm-hmm. because he said it would kind of diminish it. And I, I really, and I know this happens in Hollywood, uh, the the quid pro quo of it all. Listen, if you want to do another movie uh, in the in X, Y, and Z, you got to do this sequel for us first. Just do us this favor, and then we'll get to give you what y- you really want. So let's keep one eye open for what Brad Bird really wants to do. Because, and I'd love to sit down and talk to him about this because it just seems so, ugh. When I saw when I saw the, the the trailer for The Incredibles two, I'm like, oh, oh, now Holly Hunter's character, she's gonna leave the house and she's gonna be the hero. And what's the big dumb man gonna do when he has to be in charge of the kids? It's gonna be crazy. Oh no, he messed up his daughter's love life and he doesn't know how to change a baby's. It just it was like it was that. It was that again. It was like a it was like a movie of the week. It was just The Incredibles was so original and wonderful and good and the incredibles 2 was like yeah yeah that's i mean sequels are tough but that was that's nothing to write home about i'm not gonna i'm not i ain't gonna get it on blu-ray i ain't gonna be buying it on dvd you want to know my favorite my favorite part of the movie what the very beginning uh when when craig T t nelson and holly hunter uh they all apologized hey we're sorry it took us 16 years sorry it took so long you know, that, that was, was actually that was actually educational for me because I I thought the dad was voiced by someone else. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. I never knew who I knew the mom was Holly Hunter. Um I I actually thought the dad was voiced by someone else. And I was yeah. wrong. I, I, who does the voice of Frozone? I'm blanking. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Just so great. Mm-hmm. Just so great. But um Honey, where is my super suit? <laughs> Why do you need it? It's just that scene in the first Incredibles is so hilarious when literally uh, the giant robots destroying the city 
and and he's running around trying to find his super suit and his wife has company coming over it's just hilarious <laughs> i'm trying to do something for the greater good greater good i'm the greater <laughs> i'm actually uh i'm actually making a thing of going to a matinee on tuesdays now cuz it's 5 bucks that's great so yeah i think I think this week we're going to go see that movie Tag because it looked like it would make me laugh. Tag looks funny and mm. uh, loosely based on a true story, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that got a little bit out of hand. Uh, that ho- hopefully, hopefully it'll be great. Hopefully it'll For be very funny. For five bucks? For five bucks, you can't beat it. Exactly. And then the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out here shortly. I am say that's looking... right after the 4th, the 6th, or the 7th. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I uh, I enjoy the uh, boy. This is horrible. My brain is mush. What's the girl's name? Uh, the wasp. Oh, now you're gonna challenge me? Yeah, she was on. She was on the 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 island, the Lost, and she was uh, she was in the Hobbit, and she played the it's not hot um, elf chick. Uh, Steven Tyler's daughter? No, no, no. Boy, we're, we we not Liv Tyler. No, Liv Tyler was in Lord of the Rings. She could throw those ears on. She throw those ears on, Livy. <laughs> Throw them on, and uh, and uh, the the little uh, the the girl from Lost who who plays Wasp in Ant Man and the Wasp. Ooh, when she was in the Hobbit. Ooh, throw those ears on. Throw them Evangeline on. Evangeline Lily. Evangeline Lily, put the ears on. Leave them on. Then you got Kate Blanchett, Queen of the Elves. Put on the ears, baby. Put them on. Leave them on. <laughs> It's fantastic. I, yeah, I got my thing. I got my thing. And I'm elf completely, ears. Oh my gosh. When Liv Tyler starts talking Elvish or Kate Blanchett starts talking Elvish or Evangeline Lilly, oh, that's it. That's it. Get me to the Renaissance Festival. <laughs> I do love a Renaissance Festival. I've never been. You've never I've, been? I've never been. Oh my and gosh. I want to go, but here's where I want to go. Even before that, and it just bums me out. This is, you guys, this is the, uh, we're, we're doing the best that we can, and we will do better. And and we're, there's there's members of the Loftus Party team who are more organized than the others. <laughs> like, uh, Gypsy is organized. I am not. And I'm desperately, desperately trying to, to get organized. There, you know what I should, here's what I got to do. I got to get a, uh, a calendar. Literally, I've, I I got to get an old school paper calendar, and I need to start circling dates. I missed uh, one of the biggest cosplay events in the nation. It was it was last month down in uh down in Anaheim. You I missed been it. They're doing video. I know. It's listen, and I I put it on I put it on Twitter all the time. Now the cosplay girls, yes. I find it very sexy. I find it extremely sexy because these most of the, some of the girls are they're like just want to be porn stars and they're in it for the for the money, whatever. But at heart, these are these are women who are 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 geeky and they're talented. They can make these outfits. Some of these you, you'll see some of some of the girls, the, the cosplay girls, will post little videos like, "Oh, I'm making you know the outfit from uh, Metroid, or I'm making uh, an outfit from Halo." And the stuff that they can do with a glue gun, fabric, 
foam core, and then they look they, – they make this stuff. They make the weapons. They make the swords. They make the outfits. Then they're smoking hot when they put them on, and they have that sense of fun and whimsy that like, yeah, I'm wearing this. I'm wearing it all day. It's just like I, I, I love, love, love it. So, yes, there is a uh, – there is a uh, – I'm turned on by it for sure, but I also have – a lot of respect for the craft, but I missed it. And uh, the other one that I missed, there was a huge uh, YouTube convention in Anaheim uh, two weeks ago, two weekends ago. I got to, if you are a listener, here's what I want you guys to do. Go to theloftestparty.com and, and you can leave messages and you can, you can comment and do all this stuff. If there's something cool that we need to cover, please, for the love of God, Go to theloftestparty.com and 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 post it. Leave it because I'm I'm playing catch up. I, I want to go to I want to go to E3. Boom, missed it, missed it, and that is just I feel horrible. Missed missed E3, missed the big uh, cosplay convention, missed the big YouTube thing. Uh, thankfully, uh, you Gimlet. We're like, hey, you might want to give Politicon a heads up. Yeah, and I'm right. like, holy crap. Holy crap. <laughs> totally forgot. I have. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yep. We got, I, got a, I got a lot of plates spinning. So I'm, I'm asking uh, for your help. <laughs> America, if there's something cool that's about to happen uh, that I need to cover, that we need to, to go to, uh, please, please let me know. <laughs> so uh, I love the... Love the cosplay, love the the YouTube convention. I'm I'm highly addicted to the YouTube of it all. Gonna get better at Instagram. My uh, a buddy of mine was at the big YouTube convention, and this is uh, this is the the wonderful part of it all. There's a YouTube sensation. This girl I've never heard. There's so many huge, ginormous YouTubers. And, and people on Instagram, this girl, and this is horrible, I, I don't know her name. She's at this YouTube convention. They expected 30,000 people to want to, to see her. I don't know what this chick does. I don't, I don't even know her, her, her name. They expected 30,000 people. 50,000 people showed up to see her. Not all of them could get in. It turned into a, there was like a bit of a, bit of a scuffle. People were upset because they were waiting in the heat and they couldn't get, holy crap. Holy That's crap. That's like rock stars in our generation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, and, and our YouTube channel's doing well. We're, we're, we're building, building, building. Slow and steady wins the race. It's like, I think I can, I think I can. There's an algorithm you have to beat. Uh, f- you guys, thank you for sharing the videos because that's helped spreads the word. And then there's an algorithm, uh, definitely. Oh my God. I'll, I'll tell this story real quick before we're out of time. For the first time, now I've been I've been on Fox and Friends quite a bit recently, and for the first time, uh, YouTube rolled back our numbers. I was watching uh, last week's uh, video, the one where I was talking about I, I don't trust the British, whatever, and the the counter had us at like uh, six hundred and fifty, six hundred and sixty. You know, getting ready to we we're, we were going fast. I'm like, okay, this one's going to get to a thousand like super fast because it's, it's, it's only been up for X amount of time and it's already got 660, 670 views. We are going. I go, I cook dinner. I have dinner with my family. I come back. I look at YouTube and they're like, oh, this, this thing's got like uh, 530 views. And I'm like, are you kidding me? 
right now maybe it's a glitch maybe i'm paranoid but uh i know cheryl atkinson it happened to her it happened to her but she was smart she like documented it she took screen pictures she's like hey youtube how does this happen she had a video that had like three thousand hits that suddenly went down to two thousand hits because here's the deal and this is where i see if it's if it's going too fast, if a video is getting so many views so fast, then it'll start like trending and they, they'll encourage other people to watch it. And uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just know what I saw with my own eyes. Uh, they, they, they just they took away uh, 150 some odd uh, views. So but I love it. I love YouTube. I love content creation. I want to do more. Uh, better stuff, and I will. And we'll go back out. I'll get myself a calendar. I won't miss the the, the big events anymore. Michael and his day planner. I used to have a day runner. I loved that thing. I loved it. So check this out. Check this out. So, uh, Did I you have a trapper day. keeper too? Back in the day, you needed it. You needed it. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did. I'm so, sorry. Uh, oh, I had, I had, I, that was always the fun of like uh, the, the back to school yeah. stuff. You know, what kind of notebooks were you going to get? What kind of like cool art was going to be on the front? All that good stuff. I'm sorry. I watched. Totally off topic. I watched uh, last night uh, uh, Kevin Smith doing stand up comedy. Now, the only reason, the only reason I tuned in, because I don't, I don't really watch a lot of stand-up. I, I don't. I don't want it affecting me. I don't want whatever. But, like, I'm, I'm clicking around, and on sh- I think it was Showtime, they're like, Kevin Smith uh, performs his stand-up comedy special one hour before he has his massive heart attack. Like, that was when you hit... What? When you hit... Yes, when you hit guide on the channel to tell you, here's what you're about to watch. They're like, watch Kevin Smith do stand-up one hour before his massive heart attack. They weren't like, they weren't like, Kevin Smith regales you of stories from Hollywood, or you'll crack up when Kevin Smith does this. They're like, hey, in an hour, this guy has a a heart attack. So I'm like, so it worked. I tuned in, because I'm like, I wonder if, like, his arm is doing anything weird. Is he, like, is he in pain already? Are you going to see signs? And, uh, you don't So you just watched it to be kind of like a vulgar voyeur. Yes. Yes. It had nothing to do with wanting to laugh. You probably don't remember a punchline. You're just waiting for him to turn blue. I uh <laughs> Kevin Smith tells a good story. It was yeah? a, it was a, it was an e- it was an evening of Kevin Smith telling Hollywood stories. But uh unfortunately, he was uh he was talking a lot about his wife. Like a lot. He was very, I mean, he's doing stand up. The guy's a, the guy's a writer and a director mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a gifted storyteller, but boy, he was way too many F bombs, way too many, uh, you know, using the word, uh, S H I T. He was, it was just, he doesn't need it. And then I'm, then I'm thinking about myself. I'm like, I know I do the same thing. And, and I, I, I gotta, I gotta cut it way back. I gotta cut it way back. I'm just casually dropping F bombs and blah, blah, blah. But he was telling, and he, I guess he's been married for 20 years and he starts talking about, uh, some really, really personal stuff with him and his wife. Like, we're like, I don't, dude, I don't know what kind of marriage you have, but like, I, she can't be cool 
with he talks about the sound she makes when she's uh giving him the oral pleasures and i'm like dude what are you doing what are you doing well maybe he's just making it up uh no because his whole shtick is his whole shtick is he's just telling you man because so anyway man i'm on this balcony and my wife man she's you know we've been together for 20 years and she knows this and my wife it was that part was awkward but uh well, if you're going to do him. a joke about a wife or a girlfriend, you you all get permission in advance, right? Uh, we do now. <laughs> we do now. So apparently once you didn't, and it was a problem. And I think that's what Kevin Smith just did. <laughs> and that might have been why he had the heart attack. Here's okay. The, here's the wonderful thing. At the end of the, the stand-up special... He comes back and he's like, here I am in the exact space. I was in this green room. I was lying on this couch. This is when I had my massive heart attack. And he said he was baked. He said he was just completely baked. And that when he had his heart attack and he, he went to the emergency room, the doctors were like, wow, you're having a heart attack. You're, be, you're being very calm. And he's like, I am baked. I am so high right now. And they're like, well, that's good. That probably saved your life. So that's something you never want to tell a stoner. You never want to tell a stoner smoking weed saved your life yeah mm-hmm. well but check it out and then well, he said he and then he said something that i and a couple other things who knows the, the other thing that i found fiercely hilarious about it is he's talking about how healthy he was he talked about his, his battle with sugar he's like i dropped like 80 pounds because i don't eat sugar anymore Sugar's the enemy i thought sugar was my friend so ironically he dropped a bunch of weight stops uh, eating sugar and then has uh, the heart attack. I hope he's okay. He tells a very funny story about directing a Supergirl episode. I like that guy. I'd like to have him. I'd love to have him on the show. Go he's get him. uh I got to I got to when I when I get back to LA, I'll 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 reach out and try to get him cuz he's a he's a big time comic book guy and uh I'd love to to have him on the show. We could talk about that. Okay. You guys, uh, next week we'll have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp talk. We'll have more political talk. We've got another, we got a great guest. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you, so you're going to want to tune in next week. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Thanks so much for telling your friends and sharing the videos. Go to theloftestparty.com if you've got something that, that we need to know about. Let old Mikey know. Have a great 4th of July. Remember, light it and throw it. Light it and throw it. Don't hang on to that firecracker. I'll see you guys next week.